0: Welcome to Energy Radio. This is episode 62. And today we have some very special guests who are joining us today for our holiday special. Although Matt unfortunately couldn't join us today, we thought it would be fun to introduce you to three out of four of CEM's project directors. Welcome, Pascal, Kevin, and David.
1: Thank you. Hello, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa.
0: You're most welcome. So for our as most of our avid listeners know, we usually sort of start the podcast off with a few questions that are kind of geared to learning a little bit more about you guys individually and your backgrounds. So let's start with you today, Pascal. Uh, Can you talk to us a little bit about how long you've worked at CEM, how you got here? you know, anything that's relevant to your story, maybe the toy trains fit into it, I don't know, but uh, (laughs) wherever you want to take us there, Pascal.
2: Yeah, when I was was about four years old, I got my first train set under the Christmas tree, which is timely as Christmas is coming. And uh, from that point on, that's probably when I, I didn't know it at the time, but that's probably when I made the decision to become an engineer at the time. Uh, engineers were supposed to drive trains back then, but uh, eventually mm-hmm. after, I went to, after I went to school, I realized that maybe I can make something a little bit bigger out of it. So I went to engineering school. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I graduated from university. Um, my first foray in engineering was as a field service engineer uh, for uh, in the gas turbine field. Um, so I was basically traveling all over North and South America um to basically uh you know supervise and uh you know the, the technical and execution aspects of gas turbine overhauls and upgrades. So I did that for a short period of time. Uh it didn't last very long because I realized very quickly that um I wasn't even though it looked like a rock star kind of job, um I wasn't really suited to be traveling all the time like that. It's something that I only realized once I was into it. I wanted, I wanted to have something more stable. Um, so when I left field service, I moved over to consulting. Um, so I really wanted to put my engineering skills at work um, a little bit more prominently. Uh, so I've been basically doing uh, consulting for power generation now for the past uh for the past 22 years so i've been in this iteration of consulting with cem for the past 11 years i just had my 11 year anniversary a couple weeks ago um so you know it's been 11 years and uh i'm hoping there's going to be 11 11 plus more years coming down the road (laughs) from there so i haven't i haven't changed jobs many times this is only my third full-time employer um So, anyways, I like I like stability. I like uh, commitment to what I'm doing, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it'll 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 keep going within the uh, the context of what CM the good stuff that CM does.
0: We appreciate your commitment, Pascal. Eleven years is, uh, you know, these days it's a little bit harder to come by, right? Like people are switching careers often every three to five years, right?
2: So it's that is true. Nice to see.
1: Eleven years is like a lifetime, Pascal.
2: It certainly <laughs> is by today's standards, for sure.
0: And what about you, Kevin? Uh, give us an idea of your background. You've also been at CEM for quite a few years. I, I could be wrong. Is it like 15 years or something like that? Getting close, is it? Or
3: Yeah, yeah. So I've been at CEM for um, a little more than 13 years. Um, Way to go, Kevin. Yeah, wow. not, to, not to trump you, Pascal, but... <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah i've been been at it you know out of school for around 20 years um 13 and change at cm and really the the rest of it's been spent um working in the more in the machine design industry so before cm uh worked for automotive company basically designing machines that make car parts Um, so I was at it for, for a number of years there, but, uh, yeah, been at CEM now 13 and change, um, doing engineering, project management, developing projects, anything around projects basically, but, uh, as well as being for, for a little while there, I was manager of the mechanical engineering department and the project engineering department, um, now yeah, the last little while as as project director, kind of doing most of that stuff still. Um nice. so yeah, been around for a while, done uh pretty much anything that 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 CEM has worked on, um been a been a little bit part of it at, at the very least. Uh, so most of the technologies and thermal power have uh, have done a little bit of of everything.
0: Well that's awesome. And we'll we'll get into a little bit of I'll get one of you or one of you to volunteer, I should say, uh, to talk about our project delivery you know office or method and how we're kind of you know doing that. But before we get into that, uh, David, you've got really a fascinating career. You've kind of jumped around with, between various firms and you've been in the hydrogen space. and yeah, I would love for it to you know to
1: hear more about your background as well. Thanks, Lisa. Uh, my background is maybe a little bit different than Pascal and Kevin. Uh, don't have quite the, uh, the 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 what's the word the duration at CEM. I've been here now almost three years and love it. Um, I'm not sure if I've been jumping around as much as exploring different opportunities and in, in energy <laughs> systems to try to benefit everybody here in the, on on the screen today. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer by training, and I guess I got into that, uh, Pascal, just playing back to your to your, to your train set. Mine, mine, mine was a car. I was oh, yeah. 16 years old, and I needed a car, and, and I bought two of them that were smashed up and broken and went into a friend's garage and took them into every possible piece I could get apart and put them back together, and it worked. What was the car, David? It was a Fiat 124 Sport. It was wow just, it, fix it again tony <laughs> <laughs> that's cool huh? uh, it, it was fabulous and and it worked and then and, and from there i went into mechanical engineering so i uh, spent spent quite a while uh in in the hydroelectric space uh working with a swiss company called Sulzer. um did uh, worked out of the engineering into some project management there, providing some uh, sort of turnkey water to wire packages for full scope hydroelectric system installations. Um, decided at one point that I thought I could probably bring more to the companies I was working for, and uh, went back to school and and did an MBA, and then went over to Switzerland to set up a project management system within the Solzer organization in Switzerland. Um, very interesting process. Using some of their existing systems, bring some new ones on. Uh, I then they then brought me back to Canada as uh, CEO of the Canadian operation, which was the only one in North America, out of Montreal. Uh, we did a lot of hydroelectric work. I did a lot of overseas work uh, in Pakistan and China, uh, lots in the states, and uh, we it, it was a really really dynamic, busy time. Uh, the company w- was was having some. Um, it had some legacy financial issues. And so as we turned those around successfully, uh, the company got rolled up into the mothership. Uh, at which point I was looking around in terms of where I could bring continued value. And I saw Ballard Power and fuel cells. Mm. And started looking into that and saw hydrogen and fuel cells. And I remember very clearly saying to myself that if this is real, that's a game changer in the energy sector. And very interesting Lisa, Pascal, Kevin, and Mark, uh, that just this year in, in, in CEM, we're, we're starting to see that really come into fruition. One of the funny things is how we're asking the same questions today we asked some 20 years ago. Uh, but we have answers today, and it's proceeding very, very, it's, it's really encouraging how it's proceeding. Uh, taking all that and leveraging that through different energy technologies. I've worked uh, overseas on sustainable cities and in the nuclear sector and a couple of other. Interesting assignments Uh, into CEM where I've been directing, managing projects with a great team of people and uh, got an assignment last year to take charge of our hydrogen initiative. And uh, we've been very successful in developing some key projects with some key clients. And I won't go into details here today, uh, but very exciting prospects that uh, bring opportunity to change our company and, and move into the emerging energy sector.
0: Amazing. I'd no, go on
1: for hours. There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's great, David. It's a great background. And so from a, from a geographical location out of curiosity, like you've worked in several different countries. Did You you lived in Switzerland. Did you live
1: in other places as well? I lived in Switzerland for almost five years. Wow. Uh, I was in Abu Dhabi for six months. We were supposed to be there for a couple of years, except uh, there were some, uh, let's call it political issues that arose and uh, companies got changed rather quickly over there sometimes um so the whole team from one day to the next was in and out of that place uh, very very interesting adventure if I could call it that wow A learning learning experience <clears throat> and your, <laughs> went your family them. went with you at each
0: you know each time data for you know for one of these big moves or
1: um well to 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 Switzerland to Vancouver yes um to Abu Dhabi no they they, they came to visit but they, they they would not have stayed there Okay. Uh, a little bit different, different uh, culturally and politically. I've got four, four kids who uh, good Canadian kids. Good. No, that's great. They, well, they, they enjoyed the visit, but they that was not where they were going to live. So.
0: No, that's that's good. Well, thank you guys for your backgrounds. They're all very interesting. From, you know, how you guys got into it, from you know your car rebuilds and trains and you know everything else. It's it's really cool to hear um
1: so you obviously mean, you, you you just need a uh, plane a plane kevin then we can plane planes trains and automobiles
3: <laughs> there you go they're missing oh, bit. I, I don't have a plane story unfortunately <laughs>
0: uh, but he has worked on lots of gas turbine projects so it's yeah not too
3: far a, of story. aero derivatives yeah for sure for sure. yeah first, first one,
0: one. Yep. first one <laughs> so you guys obviously are you're each each of you are project directors. And some of our listeners maybe are familiar with our kind of the way that we're organized internally, because some of our listeners are also clients uh, while others are not, but we refer to it as our kind of project delivery office. I often refer to it mistakenly as project execution, (laughs) but sometimes it, you know, the two kind of coincide in terms of, you know, being able to sort of explain it. Can one of you volunteer to give us an understanding of the benefits of this shift that cem made which was ooh, what a year ago maybe a maybe yeah uh, just shy of a year yeah,
1: on, a year ago yes
0: yeah something like that right can, can you can you talk about like the value it brings to clients the value it brings to cem as an organization and um you know just how each of you sort of fit into it as project directors and and we'll start with one of you to volunteer and if you guys want to build on that feel free who's can putting I, up their hand
2: can i can i take a stab at it first yeah maybe? go
0: ahead pascal sure
2: so i i would say the vision there is to create <clears throat> to create basically teams um that it, it's basically um a team of engineers, project managers, and uh, discipline leads that are led by a director, whereby a director basically, um, as, as much as we can keep it together, a director can basically take his team and move on to the next project and basically keep the integrity of his team together. Uh, generally speaking, at the high level, the benefits of it is that there's a continuation in in the synergies and the the culture that gets to move on from project to project. Uh, So by the time uh, it's time to kick off a new project, uh, the team already knows how that project will go down and it it allows us to be flexible and nimble that way Uh, in the spirit of uh, CEM being a smaller company. um, It allows us to basically realize some efficiencies in execution because, the team already knows how the process under that director will take place, and um, and obviously, that you know a lot of a lot of that stuff is repeat work with the same customers under the same director. So again, uh, it allows us to to basically uh, move very swiftly onto the next project, and, and it allows us to be more efficient about the way we do engineering, and it allows us to um, to be better suited to meet deadlines and such. Uh, the projects get a little bit complicated so that's how i would explain it i guess
0: now because i work with the three of you well technically you know four and the fourth person wasn't able to make it today but because i work with each of you very closely can you also describe like how business development and project directors work together and maybe the benefit to the client and to the organization from that perspective because there's a big big bonus there right
1: i i i was gonna say pascal i was gonna i was gonna take Pick your, your starting point there. That That's an excellent explanation. And I was going to add on to that the uh, the additional scope of responsibility which comes with being project director, which is the relationship with, with Lisa and the business development team. Um, yep. Another of the big benefits of this is with, with the continuity of, of, of team approach, uh, we've also implemented a system whereby the project directors and the project team get involved with projects before they're actually – contracted with our clients uh, in order to be able to properly pre- plan and prepare and, and understand bring bring the proper uh, the proper direction within CEM to a specific project. Uh, this allows the project teams to get involved at the bidding phase to understand the customers' needs, requirements, constraints, uh, what, what what is the approach that we want to integrate here and we and so so when we have the project signed and sealed with the client uh, fully agreed, that we hit the ground running uh you know in, in in some organizations one will um i think we call it catch it when it's thrown over the wall uh where a project will be sold and then here guys you go do it and we sort of look at it and you say well what is this we have no idea what it is and yeah. uh, you know th- 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 that can create some 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 conflicts and some issues within a company and we, we're really avoiding those very nicely by integrating our involvement and getting commitment from the project teams before actually with in parallel with client commitment so in that sense it's a very parallel process which which is effective for both the company and the clients
0: yeah no I think that's great David and you know if I think about how when I first started you know between Matt myself Martin I mean we almost used to sell projects in our own little silos like we might have consulted obviously with our team for rates and scope and things like this but there was no involvement from any of you really right so uh, the big issue there was, you know, depending on the size of the project, you could be working on it for six months, a year, sometimes two years, right? Like if we look at some of the old projects we worked on, like Campbell Soup, took years upon years to develop, right? And because you guys weren't included in those discussions, we would go <laughs> sell the project. And then, as you said, like it landed in your lap and you were like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? So I haven't even been involved in all of those little tiny discussions that really mean a lot in terms of understanding the client's expectations and how to drive the project internally and and then there was less of a if i can refer to it as an emotional attachment to the project right because you 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 have to sort of be involved in the project to some extent to really get excited and involved in it and now you guys are involved really really early on i mean you know, within a discussion or two, typically that I've been having or Matt's been having with a client, we get one of you on the line with us and you start to learn about the client's needs, pain points, objectives, you know, very, very quickly.
1: Lisa, that just plays back into one of the conversations that Pascal and I had yesterday. We were talking about our roles and, and our teams and what what we need to focus on in terms of implementing projects and new project structures and things of the sort. And one of the things that we we agreed is that, well, while well, our deliverables are highly technical and uh, dependent on codes and, and all kinds of details that are part of professional engineering. Um, the real focus of our work at the director level is the client, is right. people, the client and our teams internally as well, make sure there's proper understanding, direction and and motivation. Uh, so. It, it, it's it's a very interesting mix of, of responsibility between technical and 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 focus on the client the communications i mean it's it's, it's a very different role for us and uh with the bd element being added to that it makes it even that much more critical uh as we launch a project to have the detailed understanding knowledge and uh familiarity with the client and how he answers his phone i mean silly things like that mm. just 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 to know <laughs> who he is and how to work with him Makes a huge yeah. difference, and it's great for project success. No,
0: that's good. Thank, thanks, thank you very much, Kevin. Do you have anything that you want to add to that at all?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would add um, the structure with the four directors, the four project directors. Um, if you can think about it, the switch from what we had before, you had say one director in charge of projects, so all mm. things lead up to one person. Um, now it's all things lead up to four people individually. So, so each director has project managers, project engineers that actually like report to them on a full-time basis. And then uh, engineering um, members in their groups are assigned as the project needs ebb and flow. Um, but yeah, like you said, the advantages of being involved right from the development, right throughout the continuity, you have a number of projects going with say a few project managers in your group, you can, you can balance the priorities a little bit better. Um, and then yeah, further on the BD side, you're, you're in a sense an account manager all at the same time. So existing clients when they have opportunities that come up, they come straight back to the project director. Um, Instead of going back to BD in some cases, but in some cases, you know, we we for sure involve BD because there's expertise there that they can help us with in developing projects. Um, but yeah, for for Lisa and her team, developing um, a lot a lot of her time is is developing new relationships and then connecting these people with with the project directors.
0: Yeah, and what I what I like about this model that we have, like, you know, David, you've got a background in hydrogen, but you're not necessarily focused exclusively on hydrogen projects, no,
1: right? No, no, Paul, it's and, a very diverse portfolio.
0: Yeah, and similarly to Pascal, I mean, he's our director of cogeneration as well. Lots of thermal power experience, but yet he's also a project director for renewable natural gas, biogas to a renewable natural gas project, right? And, and Kevin's working on all sorts of stuff also right across the board. So what's right. really neat about some of these teams that you guys have is there's this cross functional piece to it where you might have certain subject matter experts that are on your team I mean you know David with you know we're you've got banked for example working on one of your big hydrogen projects but he's also working on one of my projects that's sort of renewable natural gas focused so you know, the fact that that reports under Dave Roda, by the way, the other project director that we have. So it's really neat just to see how we as an organization have these sort of four pillars in a way, you know, as far as project directors, uh, you know, relate to. And then but yet how you guys can, you know, intertwine or mingle your teams to make sure that the job, you know, dependent on the core competency that we're working on gets
1: handled correctly. And as, as, as Kevin said, we we end up with an awful lot of hats to wear.
0: <laughs> as, he puts as long as the C-M. they all say, CM,
1: CEM, they're all good ones, right, guys? Yeah. Oh, do you guys all have them by your desk? Oh, oh okay. That's a one, Pascal. Pretty close.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the marketing department needs to do a better job and uh, provide you guys all with some winter toques that have CEM on it, right?
1: That yeah. sounds yeah. like a fabulous idea, Lisa
0: yeah <clears throat> i think uh, i'll have to write that down into next year's budget
1: <laughs> with a with, with with liner in them so the wind doesn't come through just oh. to be really practical
2: we need uh yeah we definitely need some cem toques just for those like me who are follicle challenged
0: <laughs> well i will make sure to work with each of you from a design perspective to make sure that we're uh we're incorporating all of the right things into these
2: toques
1: <laughs> follicles and liners that's yeah. right <clears throat>
0: Well, let's by, the way, by the
2: way, our toots will have—we'll need a pom pom on them too, right?
0: Oh, you like the pom poms?
2: Yeah, because we don't take ourselves too seriously, so our toots should reflect that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, good. I will make sure to incorporate that design feature then as well. Maybe maybe I'll even put some uh, Bluetooth speakers in them or something, so oh. that you guys can listen to some music or even the podcast as you're, you know, walking around. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's let's um let's talk a little bit about you know how we've evolved as a firm. You know, 20 years ago we started cogeneration energy management. We were really focused on exactly that, cogeneration and energy management. We've evolved into this firm that's able to handle hydrogen projects and biogas and renewable natural gas projects. It's all like biomass. It's all over the map, really, what we're doing now, which is very, very exciting. This energy transition is taking place faster than anybody expected it to and I think will continue to evolve. But can you talk maybe individually about, you know, some of the projects over the last year that you've been involved with? Maybe, you know, you can't mention, you know, client names, obviously, for confidentiality purposes, but, Talk to us a little bit about the projects and because some of you have been with CEM for a number of years, how, you know, things have evolved and what you're kind of looking forward to in 2022, either from a project or sector perspective. Um, David, why don't we start with you on this one?
3: Um, Love to. Uh,
1: (laughs) We have an opportunity as CEM transitions into the new post-carbon economy to change the focus and, uh, and, and expertise within our company, the market we, we, we deal in, the customers we deal with. Uh, CEM was quite successful in securing a couple of very interesting hydrogen projects. Uh, one for a fueling system at, uh, at an Amazon location uh, with, with a large supplier in the hydrogen sector and uh, in addition to that, we had a couple of very interesting studies with with other clients on opportunities to use hydrogen in CHP applications and 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 other market opportunities to network that in, in other applications, be it uh, be it diesel trucks or pipeline injection or other um, other value, value added applications for hydrogen. Um, with with those initial opportunities, uh, we, we we established a platform. And we've now succeeded with a very challenging and uh, and and forward-looking project with a confidential client. At this point, um, it is one that brings us an excellent opportunity to work with new clients. Uh, we we were able to uh, um, establish an excellent relationship with a very strong technical partner, who will help us in in, in that. And uh, we will end up, I'm um, no no doubt, working together on several other types of projects as well. Um, This is a project that has, uh, I think we would say it has legs. uh, There's many opportunities which can be leveraged from this, and the client uh, has got very ambitious plans, and we found an excellent relationship with them, and looking forward to what this will do to changing CEM's perspective on the energy world.
0: Well, that's great. Thank you very much, David. Yeah, we're excited about that project, and uh, hopefully in the new year and you know at some point as the project continues to develop we'll be able to you know put some posts out there so everybody can kind of catch up on this big development for CEM uh Kevin you've obviously been here the longest set of the the three project directors that are on the line you've seen like a huge shift in our business can you talk about that shift some of the projects you've worked on over the last year and and also what you're excited for in 2022
3: yeah, for sure. I've seen, seen the shift, um, been working personally, been working on still a lot of stuff, you know, natural gas based gas turbines, boilers, steam turbines, um, um, fed from, from gas boilers. Um, so yeah, my, my 2021, the first half of the year largely spent, um, Finishing off a project in in Alberta, big plant expansion over there with gas turbine. um, With the Herzig behind it. A another package boiler, water treatment, fuel gas boosters and all new balance of plant. Um, We wrapped up the engineering on that project this summer. Um, The rest of the year. You know, since then, and in, in par- partially during the end of that too, is um, I spent most of the rest of the year developing projects. Um, so, so yeah, from from uh, helping a client develop a, a biomass project um, to um, more more gas turbine boiler um, steam turbine. Um, work so that that's where where i've been kind of spending my time this year so a little bit still on some of the the traditional projects that we've done over the last uh, 15 or 20 years here um yeah. but uh but certainly can see the stuff going around um going on around me there's a lot of rng work a lot of uh you know david's got the, the hydrogen work going um some biogas stuff going um so certainly seeing that around and in, and in, in it's certainly uh even on the projects where we 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 have you know fossil fuels still there's lots of questions you know particularly on hydrogen
1: mm-hmm. uh,
3: if we put in this equipment what can we do in the future if if we switch to hydrogen for example
0: like a blend of hydrogen with
3: natural gas yeah can can you know what's provision look like for the future and can we swap something out in the future if we want to go to full hydrogen um we're getting asked lots lots of these questions and digging into these questions um there there, there, there,
1: there are lots of options these days in terms of producing hydrogen uh be it blue hydrogen or green hydrogen different methods in addition to the purification and cleanup and, and compression that comes with that lots yep. of options to provide customers with uh choices
3: yeah and even uh with the market changing we've had we've had a few inquiries come up with electric boilers mm. that's also um a new shift in the market um people looking to get off fossil fuel or perhaps take advantage of a of a, a cheaper a cheaper price of electricity at certain times kind of thing
0: yeah and of course what's interesting with those projects is like you know you've got the the reduction of fossil fuel but then you got to get the power from somewhere right so then where are you getting the power from are you pulling that in from the local grid what is the carbon intensity of the local grid in that geographical area and or you know how are you going to generate the power otherwise on site right so it's just those projects are pretty interesting we've definitely seen a lot of uh I guess you could call it inquiries and work within the kind of Ontario uh, space, but I think Kevin, like a lot of the stuff you've been working on, is even Al- in Alberta, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, in this case, those were those were Ontario, the the electric boiler stuff, um, but but still a lot of work in Alberta.
0: Um, yeah,
3: moving off coal out there.
0: Good. What about you, Pascal?
2: Well. <clears throat> uh if i can add on to what kevin was just saying in terms of you know what's turning our crank these days i guess you know when cm started um out of martin's basement when there was only one employee that quickly went to two and then three and then so on and kevin being one of the first three or four employees i guess at the time um you know Martin started this whole thing with the mentality of 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 serving um, customers directly uh, and smaller customers and you know whether it was basically the marsh sector and the small industrials and uh, he started the company on a vision of of basically addressing the issues that all of these producers and uh, marsh sector entities had in terms of their energy consumption and, and so on. So because we never really dealt directly with utilities in terms of providing power generation um, expertise, uh, we got to over the years, over the 20-some years that CM has been around, we've been exposed to a lot of different company cultures and lots of different technologies to integrate to in terms of you know combining and power back in the day. Um, So by the time, and obviously we've done lots of gas projects in the first, I'd say, 15 to 20 years of CM's life, predominantly it was, there was a lot of, you know, the classical thermal power um, technology that Kevin just talked about. Mm -hmm. But because we saw so many different um, um, uh, corporate cultures out there and different industries out there, including different processes, I think it put us in a really good position to To do a uh, a really uh, nimble shift from classical thermal power over to RNG projects, just because we had a pretty good understanding of how flexible we need to be as a company to adapt to different corporate cultures out there. Now it's a little bit more of a different world because now it's a completely different market. Um, the market's always been there, I guess, for the last 20, 30 years, but. It's really exploded in the last two to three years because of, you know, all of the um, all of the uh, government policies that are coming into play, and you know, public perception and all that. So now that it that it's exploded, we're really well suited to understand or try to to, to know where the um, where the issues are and trying to address address them directly with our new customers and our new market stakeholders. Um, I think that's what's exciting for us in 2022, is that we're able to basically keep uh, our expertise of, as to where we, because of where we came from, you know, this the thermal power side of things will always, will always be strong with us. But I think we're also well positioned to basically address um, uh, all these new markets, the emerging markets that we have in front of us. Mm. and all of the the vast uh there's also different players out there as well different market stakeholders and we we have a pretty good uh idea now how to address their different issues whether we're talking to developers whether we're talking to end users uh we already have that culture figured out for the most part yeah um you know we have to be humble into what we don't know um but but uh still um you know, that's what's exciting to me about what's coming up in the next couple of years is is um, how we're positioned to actually address the uh, the emerging market out there.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, a lot of people, they think, you know, in our name, we have cogeneration and energy management, right? Like, that's that's what CEM stands for. Yeah. And although a lot of people think of cogeneration as a fossil fuel process, I mean, it, it, it there's also lots of post-carbon options, right? Like, you take, you know, Kevin's projects, for example, you're taking, looking at a, you know, a biomass boiler, but you can add on an STG to that or you can add on an ORC to that, right? So the cogeneration piece still stands, right? Like that single source of energy that basically provides those two useful forms of energy. That's that's still going to be with us for many, many, many years to come. And it, and it is completely relevant to the post-carbon types of technologies that are out there as well. And I love how Matt has more recently kind of defined CEM as a as a company that's more molecule-based versus electron space, right? But there's lots of people that play in the electron space, you know, with solar PV and wind. And if we need to get into those types of projects for clients that uh, that we're working with already, you know, we're happy to go down the road with them on that. But otherwise, our real focus is on the molecules and whether that's a you know, a renewable natural gas molecule or a fossil fuel molecule going through a piece of equipment like a CHP system and then producing power and useful heat, or whether it's a renewable natural gas molecule, you know, uh, that that comes from an anaerobic digestion system, gets cleaned up through an RNG uh, cleanup system, and then injection to the pipeline, or, you know, biomass, you know, we're we're all about kind of the, the molecules. So uh, it's a really kind of, good way to position us i think are you know in the market because again we're we're kind of specializing in that specific area versus more broadly have some other firms are really all over the place and are looking at both the electrons and the molecule side well as we wind down uh this podcast because i know that you guys are all very very busy people and uh obviously i really appreciate both matt and i really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy days to uh to be part of the podcast let's switch the topic of discussion to a more fun topic what are you guys doing during the holidays what's your plans i'll start (laughs) okay go ahead david
1: i've got eight grandkids wow and they're they're all going to be here and it's going to be great there from 10 till eight months and uh, half of them are here already. And uh, what fun! What what energy! What creativity! Uh, watching them get along and build things together—it's it's fabulous. Wishing everybody a merry merry Christmas. It's going to be fun.
0: That's awesome. What about you, Pascal? Any <laughs> big plans? Are you just going to relax? And and are you taking Are you guys taking vacation too during the holidays? Like adding on to our typical shutdown? Or
2: uh, n- no, not for me personally. Um, my son just went through uh, reconstructive surgery for uh, for for uh, an arm injury that he had a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to take it easy for the most part, but we do have a weekend planned out in uh, at a cottage for the New Year's. So we're going to take advantage of that to to really get off the grid when we can.
1: Good, good. All right, well, that's Doug. awesome.
2: What about you, Kevin? You've got a you've got a pretty pretty
0: big family at home too, so you're going to be kept pretty busy, I would imagine, right?
3: yeah yeah we uh have four kids they're all uh, still pretty young so uh we'll, we'll have a pretty busy holidays pretty pretty low-key just a few little family things here and there uh <clears throat> kind of hoping the weather's going to get a little colder so i can get the uh the ice rink going in the backyard but
0: oh yeah
3: it doesn't look good right now for for, um, for the christmas break <laughs> that's
2: i think kevin I'll- your kids your kids are still fairly fairly young, so you're probably going to end up be, uh, building toys for the next week or so, right?
3: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, my kids are. Uh, <laughs> the oldest is eight, and then twins are five, and then uh, a two-year-old. Wow. Got <laughs> your hands
0: I didn't. I didn't know that you actually had a a, a rink in your backyard. Uh, I know Matt does. Pascal, do you have one too? Because your son plays hockey, so I don't. I don't know if you. If you went oh, no, I,
2: no, I don't. That would that would be the last thing that I would build in my property because we already spent enough time in the arenas. Well, I guess back when my son was, was healthy for it, it was already too much time in the arenas. We couldn't. Uh, yeah, that was enough for us.
1: <laughs> we, we always always had one in the backyard previously. I mean, living in Montreal some years ago it was a little bit easier than here in Toronto area. But uh, yeah. kid, kids just love it. Kevin, I hope you get yours going.
3: Oh yeah we'll get it going and it's a matter of when yeah exactly yep, yep. Well, that's awesome
0: uh do you guys have anything else you want to add or talk about before we kind of wrap this up today
1: well i think i would like to i'd like to thank all everyone on the on, on the podcast here uh, everybody watching uh cem is a dynamic firm i've as, as i mentioned earlier i've been here about three years and i'm i'm constantly learning about how the dynamic builds in this company uh what a great team and great fun and great clients and we look forward to helping you with your energy and and cost needs and uh making your business better that 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 that's our business is helping you make your business better folks thank you
0: pascal kevin yeah. anything else
2: i just want to uh i guess we're just a couple days away from um the from the christmas holidays so i just want to wish the uh, all of our listeners um Wish them a happy holidays and uh, basically stay safe over the holidays, hoping to see you uh, in the new year, all healthy and uh, with uh, hopefully with uh, with the hopes of having a, a more positive 2022 than it's been in 2021.
3: So.
0: Yeah, especially as it's re- related to COVID, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I guess for myself, uh, excited for a, uh, a a good 2022 coming up. A few a few nice projects that are uh, that are, are going to happen in 2022. Excited to uh, continue to develop out the uh, the teams here that each of the uh, folks on the call represent. Uh, it's going to be an exciting year, and uh, same. Wish everyone a happy uh, happy holiday.
0: Right. Well, thank you all for, uh, again, your time. Uh, Thanks again also to our listeners for listening in. My name is Lisa Katz, and this was episode 62 of Energy Radio. From our family here at CEM, we wish you and your families and businesses a very happy holiday season and a healthy and prosperous new year. Follow us, give us a like, give us a rating or a review. And if you have any suggestions on how we can improve the show or guest suggestions, please feel free to reach out. My direct email is lisa at c-e-m-e-n-g dot c-a. Happy holidays, everyone. Have a good one. Bye.
1: Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.